Which next step is the best fit for your future? What can you do to accelerate your professional development? And how should you navigate different workplace challenges? I'm Kyle Gantos, and our team is on a mission to crowdsource insights, best practices, and action plans from accomplished peers, all who began their career in Big Four, to help guide you wherever you want to grow. Before we get into today's episode, our guests will tell you a little bit about themselves. I'm Sarah Richter. I started my career in the Big Four. I believe that's the name of this podcast. So you started in Big Four. Um, So that applies to me. I spent about two years doing that on the audit side and then made my way over to Embark, where I spent three years as a uh, financial accounting advisory consultant. That is a mouthful. And then have spent the last couple of years primarily focused on people development and thinking through how we can care for people by giving them opportunities to thrive in their careers. I'm Ben Nathanson. I've spent about a decade in professional services. At this point, I started my career in big four as well. Um, Started on the audit side, uh, but I've spent the majority of the decade in a variety of different uh, talent acquisition and now people development roles. Uh, And now at Embark, I've been in my senior manager of people development role for a couple of years now, really focused on building out the framework and philosophy behind taking care of our people. And Ben has to work with me every day. Luckily. I'm very fortunate on that front. Hello and welcome to another episode of So You Started in Big Four. My name is Kyle Gantos and today we're going to dive into the upside of informal mentors and how you can assemble your dream career development team. I'm joined by two people who have a wealth of experience on the learning and development side in the professional services space. Two people who spend at least 90% of their time sleepless nights, ideas and finding better ways to help people get to their next level. Um, and who have, I think, some will have some really incredible perspective for us today. So looking forward to diving into this and let's let's jump right into it. Um, Sarah Richter, Ben Nathanson, my question for both of you is, what are the limitations of relying solely on formal professional development? Where do you begin? I mean, I think there's if you are only relying on formal relationships, you're missing out on so many different people. You're pigeonholing yourself into potentially one or two assigned individuals as opposed to a wealth of people that exist around you in your environment and even in places outside of your environment. Like we'll probably get into it more, but mentors can exist on YouTube. It can be just a person you admire from afar who you happen to go to church with or play basketball with, and you just want to get to know more. So I think by not looking for kind of these informal relationships, you're just limiting yourself. Yeah, I would say just in general, forming relationships and letting a third party dictate you know, <laughs> yeah. who you have your relationships with uh, ultimately just stunts your opportunities and your growth. Yeah. Well, let's let's talk about it because you I think both of you have a unique perspective on this. Uh, a, a lot of us, you know, we've wherever we might work, we've mm-hmm. got something that's presented to us. Right. The organization mm-hmm. hopefully has some things in place. But, you know, I think you've both been in different environments. Mm hmm. If you think about the best an organization can possibly do with, with in a perfect world, unlimited resources and everybody's completely aligned and programs are established and mature and firing on all cylinders, what, what are still some of the, what, what's the best you can do and what is that gap that still exists? Hmm. I'll, I'll start with a, a gap that exists in, in that scenario. It's really just 
you have your own unique individual pursuits and interests. And to say that an organization is able to provide that many unique and specific opportunities mm -hmm. is ultimately unrealistic, especially as you start to get to, you know, hundreds, even thousands of employees. Uh, it's just really hard to have a true coverage of, of every area of interest. Yeah. And gaps often come because of logistics. You know, you we're a hyper growth organization. And so sometimes you just have to put two people together and you don't get to base that off of, well, they have similar pursuits, similar interests, similar career goals, similar life outside of work. Sometimes it has to be, they live in the same city, they're at the right levels, and this person has a vacancy within their team. And I think the ideal world firing in all cylinders, it's you can pair people, you could have what we call a coach, which is the formalized relationship with somebody who's primarily focused on your career, may not have some insight into your day-to-day -day job. You would also have managers uh, or performance managers, so people that you're working with on a daily basis, overseeing your work, have more experience, kind of that top-down relationship. And then you could also have mentors who are, it could be one person who's been, uh, people would like for it to be assigned. We would honestly encourage more of the informal side because there's more flexibility, there's more opportunities to get diversity and perspectives, uh, to fill in some of those life gaps. Like I may, I have some great people I work with here. One of them is amazing at taking care of people, but maybe he's not as great as thinking strategically. And I would love to meet with the person who thinks strategically in addition, and that informal mentorship allows you to kind of multiply out your relationships. You know, everybody has these individual goals or individual gaps, mm -hmm. um, you know, and there's, I mean, what are some examples of that, right? I mean, like I, I'm, I might want to, I might be in the mode where like, I, I want to get a promotion to, mm -hmm. to this, or maybe I want to switch career paths, or maybe I'm going through, uh, maybe it could just be something like time management, right? And I think yeah. if I'm hearing what you're both saying correctly is while we may have all these, while everybody in an organization may have individual strengths, the, it's not necessarily realistic to, to be able to have all of these dots connect. You know, mm -hmm. there's only so much that can be done. Yeah. Um, what are some what are some things that you observe from your roles you know or, or feedback maybe you get from people or maybe just expectations that you know even just talking about it so far i think maybe there's a gap from what people might be expecting without actually thinking through how on earth would somebody tailor everything to my specific needs at this point in time yeah i mean think about yourself as an individual and how many times your life and career needs have changed just this year. Like there's not going to be one person that is the perfect fit for every single stage of life that you're in, for every single moment of your career in. I think, you know, uh, two years ago, I probably wanted somebody who was really active in teaching me how to manage projects and think more strategically. I'm entering into a phase where I'm more interested in somebody who can guide me in leading a team or uh, learning how to be a parent and working at the same time. And so you just have those different stages of life in the same year that there's no way one individual person can meet all of those needs perfectly. Yeah. And it just makes it so important to frame the conversation and what you're mm -hmm. expecting to get out of it. Like <laughs> you're saying, Sarah, I mean, 
so many of those things can be happening simultaneously. Yeah. And there may also be certain individuals that are capable of helping you in multiple areas, oh. but making sure that you're setting the stage and what you're looking to get out of the conversation is so key. Mm-hmm. So as you were mentioning, Kyle, there may be some circumstances where you know, you're working on a project and your specific needs are to get clear expectations of what is needed for you in the project, any technical gaps, you know, plans in order to, to upskill or make sure that you're covered in that area. Maybe you do need a manager to specifically sit down and say, hey, this is what I'm expecting of you. This is how I'm going to measure you, et cetera. Some other things, you know, maybe long-term career goals. You may say, hey, I'm looking to get promoted in a, in a couple of years. Your manager may or may not be the right person to have that conversation with. You may need to make sure, hey, I'm looking for a, a coaching conversation. I don't necessarily need you to have the answers. I just want a sounding board to really, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. understand my different options, different paths, different, per- different ways to think about uh, this long-term challenge. So framing the conversation is key. Yeah, and you have the opportunity to frame that conversation by complimenting someone. Be like, hey, Jason, I think you do a great job of leading teams. I'd love to grab lunch with you and hear about how you do that. Would you help me? Like giving, like calling somebody up in their giftings as a leader encourages them. And then you don't have to be weird about it and be like, hey, will you be my mentor? Like that's so, like, I don't know why we have this idea sometimes that that's what we have to do. Like you have to ask about on a date or something. It's just, hey, let's go grab a meal together. And would you just talk to me about how you lead? Because I admire it. Just very simple. It is. I, I mean, I, I'm i curious to, to just to look at it on the other side, because mm-hmm. I, I think it's really easy to have these expectations. And then, you know, even as an employee, maybe you feel like in some capacity you're getting let down. But I, again, I think we have these there's kind of two sides of this. And I, you, you mentioned like, even in the last 12 months, what are some, what are all the different changes that you, as an individual we've gone through? I would yeah. be curious, like you two are incredibly passionate and talented at what you do. If you just look at it from an organizational lens, like you've got all these data points coming to you. I mean, you've, I know mm-hmm. you do surveys internally to try to get information. You're constantly talking to people. And then I imagine you go through some sort of like prioritization of like what, Formally, what can we implement over the next quarter, the next year? Mm-hmm. But there's limits within that. Can you can you bring us into your world just for a second to kind of appreciate like you're looking at it on a macro level, mm-hmm. but you still have to start somewhere. Yep. So like, how does that process work from just from your day to day lenses? Yeah, mentorship specifically, or just development as a whole? Uh, more on like the development side okay. because I, I want I want people to appreciate how much can be done on that side mm-hmm. so that we can then work to what, how somebody can fill their own gaps. Right. Mm, yeah. I mean, we had quite a few gaps to fill in the, the giant context of development would probably take a full podcast to dive into, <laughs> but just a few of the facets that we've thought about this year is learning, uh, that can take the form of formalized education resources, stuff like that. You have feedback, you have expectation setting, which Ben is the king of expectations, just making sure that those are really clear. You have the promotion process. We have coaching involved in that. You have the environment that you're operating in and making sure that that environment is conducive to growth. You have your mindset. That's really important of, I mean, we want people to have a growth mindset while they're here. I'm pretty sure we've had an episode on that even, 
um, or we've definitely touched on it in prior podcasts, but we don't want, you can't have a fixed mindset and continue to grow in your career. You have to have a growth mindset. And so finding ways to cultivate that, um, did I miss anything, Ben? No, I think that's a, a great overview of the framework and also just understanding that our lens, you know, zooms into the very granular core of an individual, like what makes them tick, what's mm -hmm. important to them, how each individual is being cared for and really making sure that we have coverage of that as an organization as we expand into hundreds and thousands of people. Um, and also making sure that we are creating a genuine relationship, which comes with expectations from both sides. So making sure that it is clear, hey, this is the goal of the organization. This is what it's going to take in order to get there. And this is what we expect of you so that, you know, people can willingly and hopefully enthusiastically come to work every day mm -hmm. with, with a clear vision. So, and that's just on an individual level. So then expand that out to teams, to teams of yeah. teams, to the entire organization. Um, you know, the, the scope of the conversation can change very quickly. Yeah, you're, you're trying to provide individualized development at an organizational level. So there's a lot of nuances in there. We talk about required versus inspired and finding the balance between the two. Like there are things that are required to be successful in your job that you have to have as a baseline. But we also wanna leave room for the customization and inspiration of each individual where their unique needs are and believe it or not, it's actually pretty tough. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of moving parts you've just <laughs> yeah. gone over. Um, yeah. And that's probably like eight podcasts. Um, but <laughs> and that's just at our organization. There are plenty of other mm -hmm. organizations that it, you could just expand it out exponentially. I'm, there's a couple things that, that, that I'm hearing, which is, you know, having, and it, it, it's, it's constantly evolving, mm -hmm. but having our own goals and you talked about the importance of a growth mindset i think mm -hmm. you know the opposite of that is kind of the siloed mindset which i, yep. I think it can also be incredibly dangerous um an example being somebody who's maybe really really gifted at operations for example and mm -hmm. they're they're a top performer within the organization but to the extent with which their world is you know operating within what they already know then they're they're not necessarily growing or getting to another level or seeing a different way to do things, and that that yeah. can be dangerous for that person, um, or limiting. We'll, we'll say, um, or or maybe another way to say that would just be there's opportunities that might be there that they're mm -hmm. not. We don't know what we don't know, um, but I think to the extent with which we can control things, it sounds like a, a good place to start before we get into like the how to go develop these informal mentors. Yeah is maybe some maybe we should all be sitting down and just thinking actually mindfully thinking through what some of our own goals are or being being aware of like what are the different things mm -hmm. that are are making me feel driven or feel stressed or whatever my world is perceived to be at a moment in time but actually like thinking through that and saying I struggle with this or I want to get here mm -hmm. seems like there should be some accountability for sitting down and then auditing <laughs> ourselves so to speak Thinking about thinking, something that we don't do well as a society these days, pausing to think about thinking. Some, something we run into a lot too is um, kind of wanting other people to be responsible for your development on your behalf and not necessarily taking that responsibility upon yourself to have those goal setting milestones within your own life to really take a step back and 
some of the, the fixed mindset we may run into is, well, I can only add value in this very specific way. There, if I'm doing this very specific thing as opposed to taking a step back, looking at your skill set, looking at the opportunities in front of you and being intentional. It, it takes a ton of intentionality to identify where you need to grow the most and prioritize and think through what's most important to you for your career, for your family, for your stage of life, for your own development. And honestly, I can sit here and talk about it without actually doing it myself. Like I need a ton of intentionality incorporated into my life. And luckily I have people like Ben and others on my team who have regular touch points of accountability to bring those types of topics up. But, um, I, I definitely shirk the responsibility sometimes if, if others aren't there to help hold me accountable. Well, it's hard to, it's hard <laughs> to see your own blind spots. hundred percent. Um, you, you've, you've mentioned a couple times the importance of setting expectations and communicating mm-hmm. those. If, if we're, you know, if, if we're starting off at, at, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but like step one is me kind of having a dialogue with myself. Like I, I'm sure we could really go into this at great depth, but what would be a simple formula for how somebody can set their own compass, at least like a, a starting point of maybe think about this and this and this or an exercise or something they can do to, to kind of kickstart this process? Maybe it's professional aspirations, like mm-hmm. maybe to the extent with which you can think about the short or long term, maybe at least brain dumping that out to, to see what you're thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, any perceived gaps or, or even just like challenges or frustrations. Like I'm feeling like I struggle with this or I get frustrated in these situations. Maybe that's a starting point, you know, to at least, okay, here's some areas that instead of looking at this as like, I don't know how, or I can't, or I I won't, or this isn't being mapped out or provided for me. Yeah. Now you can maybe switch to a more proactive state. I kind of think it starts with feedback almost asking people, Hey, what are my blind spots? Where do I need to grow and develop? What are you seeing that maybe I'm not seeing while still stepping into that to say, what's expected of me and how can I be successful? Giving like self-reflection is a part of the feedback process and kind of taking those two things in tandem, maybe. I don't know. And that would be a question you would ask your manager, your team, other yeah. clients, other people you collaborate with, maybe even personal relationships. Yeah. Hey, we've been working together for six months. I really want to be a successful teammate, would like to progress in my career. What have you seen that would help me do that? Like, what have you seen that I'm lacking that I need to improve in? Or what strengths maybe have you seen that I can lean into and use as I continue to move forward? I think we overcomplicate things sometimes. <laughs> like, It doesn't have to be this grandiose Let's have a formal feedback session. It needs to be an hour long. We need to cover these bullet points. It, could, it can just be a very casual 15 minutes. Of, hey, I love your perspective on what I could do better. And I think this is, you know, currently framed as a very broad conversation, right? So, you know, if you're first starting with yourself, and like you said, brain dumping, you know, what is it that I want to get? out of life and out of my career and starting with my why and truly understanding Mm, my core self. And we'll have another podcast about being your authentic self and really getting in in touch with that coming soon. Uh, But I think that's a a huge component of just long-term individual growth, right? So then 
kind of understanding, you know, how am I connected to my career? How do I have this unique set of skills and qualifications and also interests that it, that's hopefully leading me down this career path where I can find an organization where I'm positively contributing? You know, that's kind of that internal reflection, step one, that I think is so valuable to have those conversations with a coach mm-hmm. where it's not really being guided or you're not being told what to do forever by that individual yeah. uh, but the coach is there to help uh, kind of ask you questions and come to your own conclusions maybe you know see a line of thinking or uh, you know challenge you in in certain ways to lead you down down a certain path i think that's extremely valuable but then once you do you know hopefully find an organization you are motivated you're getting settled in expectations you know become huge from a manager standpoint to say, okay, you're here. We have this objective as an organization, as a team to carry out this this value proposition that we have for our clients. And that takes on a different shape, right? It might be less led by you as an individual and really needing to have kind of that direction and guidance and expectation setting from an external party Mm -hmm. to make sure that you're living up to that. And, you know, finding ways that you can go above and beyond or give those creative solutions or push yourself in certain ways. Um, But that's kind of that give and take relationship that it really does depend on the setting and why expectations are are so key. Yeah, and Ben asked this question to somebody we were talking to just the other day. I think it's important. You can almost develop some of your own expectations by looking around at people who are a few years ahead of you and trying to, you know, bringing us back full circle to mentorship trying to find somebody who you want to be like one day. Like, oh, I look at that person over there. I see the way they lead teams. I see the way that they're, the path that their career has taken. I want to do that someday. And maybe it's multiple people when you grab different elements from different people. But I do think there's a ton of value in, oh, I see how he or she is living their life. I want my career to look like that. And there you can just take in some data observing people that you admire. We've reached the midway point of this episode. Are you enjoying the conversation? Be sure to subscribe so you never miss out on wisdom that can help you work smarter to level up faster. Speaking of which, have a follow-up question or future topic request? Email us at podcasts at embarkwithus.com so we can get to work on creating content that'll help you get wherever you want to grow. And now, back to the discussion. So we've got being mindful of just mm-hmm. where you're at, where you maybe want to go. What are some of your challenges or perceived gaps? We've also got, you know, these managerial relationships, people who are maybe setting out goals and or and even from a coaching standpoint and guiding us there. But there's, there's still potentially going to be some gaps. And so yeah. the importance of developing kind of this, these mentor relationships, informal mentors, there's, there's lots of different ways to do this. Let's maybe get into that a little bit. What are yeah. what are some what are some of the options on the menu? And then, is there a step by step process? And maybe it's one step, super simple. But uh, what are some things people can do? So, a couple of options just when it comes to to mentorship. I mean, just look at your immediate circles, right? Who are the people that you admire that you already have relationships in in one way or another? Um, be that through you know your personal circles the circles of your organization, that's a great place to start. Um, And then kind of leaning on different levels of connection, right? So who else is connected? Who are those second and third degree 
uh, connections that it makes mm -hmm. sense to, to really just ask and be vulnerable and say, hey, are you willing to, to make an introduction? This is the particular reason why I'm interested in connecting with this individual. Um, that's always a, a great route to go. But also just doing your own exploration and, and not necessarily always having to have that personal introduction in order to um, to be inspired by people. I think we live in this new age where a lot of people's voices are, are out there to be to be heard um, and potentially inspiring if you go searching for it. So it goes kind of back to that internal reflection. What are you really looking for to get out of that relationship with people? And there are a lot of different, uh, different avenues in order to get that inspiration. I think something to double down on from what you said, Ben, is the specificity having a clear, again, it's the expectations, but having a clear purpose and why you want to meet with somebody, a very open-ended, never know when it's going to end, like, hey, let's just hang out forever kind of thing. Like, that's a big commitment for a mentor to take on. And so empathizing with the person you're asking to meet with you to say, hey, I would like to learn how to do better at client education when it comes to selling services. You do this very well. Would you meet with me three times? to talk me through it and just being very specific, having clear expectations set out. Cause the, I think it's the open-ended nature and putting pressure on a mentor to figure out what they're supposed to talk to you about. That's almost unfair to that person to kind of shift the expectations onto them, but to say, no, I have a very clear purpose and why I want to talk to you and would just love the opportunity to meet with you a few times. I think that can help take something that might feel big and scary and make it a little bit more manageable. Where, where do you think this, you know, you mentioned kind of, I'll, I'll, I'll characterize it as first degree, second degree, or, or, you know, we'll go LinkedIn style. And then we got third yeah, degree sure. as well, right? <laughs> so, uh, yeah. but, you know, first degree, I think there there is a certain comfort level and I, I would, you know, maybe somebody has some apprehension mm -hmm. there, but, but I would think that more often than not, it's the second and third degree. Where do you think this hesitation to reach out to somebody or, or, well, if I can't get Ben to introduce me to Sarah, I'm just going to kind of push that one to the side. Where do you think that comes from? Is that just, you know, rooted in like fear of rejection? Fear of rejection. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like why don't guys ask girls out on dates? Fear of rejection. <laughs> it's just a scary thing to be vulnerable. What I have found interesting though, is how easy it is to actually reach out to a complete stranger. Yep. And if you have a little bit of that intentionality and like a specific ask, I think that mm -hmm. there's this um, assumption that maybe this person is more successful or they're too busy or mm -hmm. they, they, but it's interesting. I've, there's this phenomenon that I've, I've practiced and tested and observed for myself, which is, I think that there's a lot of people out there who would are more than happy to give something back because they maybe see a little bit of yeah. themselves. They see somebody who's hungry. They see somebody. And so while they're volunteering some of their time and you can help them target that to where it's very specific, mm -hmm. they're, a lot of them are more than happy to. And you'd be surprised at, at some of the people who like, you know, maybe on paper, they should have no time for you, right? Uh, yeah. and, and maybe there's people who have rejected you. and, and mm -hmm. But I found that some of the people who do volunteer their time are wildly successful and there's yeah. tons to learn from it. It's just a matter of getting over that fear of reaching mm -hmm. out and just asking for yeah. it. Yeah. And reminding yourself that the worst consequence is the word the no. Word no. <laughs> yeah. It seems scary in the moment, but ultimately it's uh, far more beneficial, the, the potential value mm -hmm. add that, that they may bring to your life. And, it, you know, if, it, if you, if you, 
if you aim for one, then whatever outcome you get is a little bit skewed, right? But mm -hmm. but if you diversify and reach out to 10 of those types of people, chances are two or three of them are, are going to be willing to make some time. Yeah. Um, you talked about leading with a compliment. Yeah. You know, I bet that... That may be intuitive, but uh, could you provide another example? Just because I, I think, especially with a with a stranger, let's say there's, yeah. you know, some. For me, I'm in marketing. There's somebody in marketing who's like this famous chief marketing officer, and I might want to reach out to them. But I'm a little bit nervous. What are some ways that I could do that? I think um, I I did this actually with a woman connected to my parents' church. I just wrote her an email that said, um, "Your work has been incredibly impactful to me. Here are some of the ways." And honestly, just a thank you with no expectations for anything in return, just to say, here's how your work has impacted me. And I just want to let you know, because think about as a content creator, as somebody who's working hard every day, how rarely you actually get to hear those moments of praise. Nobody is ever mad about hearing good job. Like, thank you. Your work meant something to me. And so the worst thing that can happen is that they are like, okay, cool, and don't extend any type of, you know, any relationship beyond that. But I think leading with any form of genuine compliments about what you've observed in somebody is never a bad thing. We, How often do you give a compliment about someone to someone else and not to that person? Like, Just give the yeah. person the compliment to their face. Tell them what you appreciate about them, what you've noticed in them. Like I encouraging people is so fun. They, it's fun to receive it, but it's even more fun to give it. And so the worst thing that can happen is you made somebody's day a little brighter by giving them a compliment about what you admire in them. Yeah. It's, um, it's fun. You, you mentioned, you know, just kind of the day and age we live in. There's, you know, it's very easy to let outside noise kind of make you feel like you're inadequate or that you're mm -hmm. not keeping up or whatever it may be. But I, I really do think that worst case is you make somebody's day. Yep. And we all have a negativity bias. It's like a survival instinct. It's actually built into us and it takes three positive things to outweigh one negative thing. And when you have close relationships like close friends, family, it's actually five to one relationship where you have to have five positive interactions to outweigh the one negative thing. See, like we, you need three times more compliments than negative feedback. We don't get that. Wow. The negative voice is far louder in our heads than the positive voices. That's definitely true for me. I don't know. I don't. I wish I knew <laughs> yeah. why. I don't know. It would be nice to rewire. It's so that you can way. survive when a bear is attacking. You know, the negativity <laughs> bias is a survival mechanism. You know, I'll present another scenario. Um, we talked a little bit earlier about like siloed thinking mm -hmm. um, and you know just just as a couple habits that you know people could be mindfully developing is mm. is even if it's just once per month is is maybe reaching out to somebody who does what you do but who's at a different organization or maybe reaching out to somebody who does something completely different than what you do uh, if nothing else just to kind of get inspiration of different approaches and and um you know i think of the example i think of is i remember the first time i went into a it was in san francisco i walked into a, a sushi restaurant and i saw like the little conveyor belt and i was like this is so simple right it's taking two things that i'm familiar with sushi <laughs> and then the airport <laughs> luggage the carousel yeah. and it's like that's a brilliant idea yeah. but it's like yeah. two separate worlds colliding and uh -huh. simple but there's 
there's something there to be able to learn from somebody and just, well, that's interesting. You know, you're in learning and development and you have a, a really uh, effective approach towards, you know, communication and setting an expectation with somebody and, and brokering a, a closer connection and better collaborations with people. Well, that's absolutely something that would help me be a better marketer, help me feel more connected with my team and help me get to my next level. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I may not uncover that if I don't, you know, show a little bit of curiosity. Yeah. I think it's so important to just ask yourself a simple question of, is there a different way to think about this? Mm-hmm. You can do that on your own, honestly, but sometimes it's difficult to come up with the answer to that that question. And sometimes it is helpful to engage other people in a in the same or a similar type of field just to get or completely different field honestly just to get a different perspective but is there another way to think about this just any of those probing questions to help kind of communication in any way of thinking and i think it doesn't have to be a one-on-one relationship either even as we're talking seminars are a great place to kind of you may walk away with a new connection that is more one-to-one but getting those outside perspectives listening to various podcasts. We were talking before this about, I would maybe consider Simon Sinek a mentor, even though he wouldn't consider me a mentee. He's never talked to me directly, (laughs) but I've listened to a lot of information he's put out into the world and have had so much value come from that. And so there's a lot of creative ways that we can think about mentorship that don't just have to be sitting across the table from someone, even though there is still a ton of value in that type of relationship. But I do have a business idea. I'm thinking we need to get match.com to make like a mentors.com. Like get make an app out there, swipe right if you if you're a good fit, swipe left if it's a no. I somebody take that and run it. I don't want to do it myself, but million dollar idea. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> well, you could have a whole rating yeah. feed. Your brain is going four point eight star. Like, <laughs> oh, I need to reach a, show me four point yeah. eight and higher stars within my uh, industry. Yeah. But in that, like on a serious note, I think there are two sides to mentorship. We should all be looking for mentors, but we should also all be looking for people to mentor. Sometimes I think there's a sense of humility that is great. I love humility, but it might get in the way of us confidently stepping up to guide and lead other people when you have a lot of valuable experience to bring to others. So that's kind of the other side Can of the you coin. Can give me an example of that, right? Because I, 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 I'm thinking of through the lens of maybe a, a, a manager, mm-hmm. but but are you referring to that or other situations? Honestly, I think we've probably all had the moment where you see somebody who's a few years behind you in their career and you're like, oh, they remind me of me. And why wouldn't you just say, hey, you remind me of me. Do you want to get lunch sometime? Like, let's talk, see if you actually are like me and maybe I can help you avoid a few mistakes that I made. Another part of that is just being open and yep. and vulnerable, right? Mm-hmm. Letting people understand the key stories and experiences that you've had in your life, especially if you've had a lot of life lived. <laughs> yeah. Um, because that's that's what forms that genuine interest, right? That's so important in a, a mentor relationship. Trying to force your own experiences onto people can, you know, come with its own complications and saying you you should want to follow in my in my footsteps, right? There has to be yeah. the genuine curiosity, which is something we run up on a, a lot when we get suggestions of having a formal mentor program. Part of what's so difficult in that is that 
there needs to be the inspiration for one reason or another from the individual seeking it, right? It can't just be handed out and expected to be followed. Yeah. I've always, I've definitely struggled with that. Like my, my default is to, well, let me give you my advice. Right. And (laughs) and I've, I've noticed that, you know, and being on both sides of that, that, until I'm looking for the advice and, and for me sometimes because I'm a really stubborn person until I failed 12 times uh, only then do I does the light bulb go off and go me oh maybe maybe I ought to look for another solution from uh-huh. somebody and stop yeah. making these uh, banging my head into a wall mistakes but <laughs> um, but it's so true right it's mm-hmm. a, until there's that desire to say I want to get to that place mm-hmm. um, uh, well, so here I have a question yeah. for you as like, how, how do you, let's say you do observe somebody and you're like, this person reminds me of me five mm-hmm. years ago, right? Clearly, there's some uh, danger in just reaching out and saying, I think you should do this and this and this. But right. what would be a way to do that? What would be a more constructive way to do that? I think you can still start by establishing a relationship with that individual, yep. right? So I think this is a nice transition into the idea of reverse mentorship in that particular example as well. So someone who's you know, in a, a leadership mm-hmm. position, maybe has significantly more experience, but sees something in, in someone else with less experience yeah. and saying, hey, you know, I, I'm just interested in your current experience mm-hmm. in the workforce and I know you only have a couple of years of experience I'd love to hear hear how that's going you know I was at that stage in my career at one point I'm curious how it's changed what's similar are you going you know framing it more as a, a curiosity than hey I can tell you how to do this it's I'd love to learn more mm. about your experience and and approach it that way almost more of a learning from the the individual with more experience than a dissemination of inspiration. Yeah, it it, it, yeah, it good. sounds more like you care about me as opposed to you're trying to control me or yeah. tell me the way it should be. Yeah. Unsolicited mm-hmm. advice is often received as criticism. Yeah. Oh, just yeah. not. Yeah. There's a, I think the importance is establishing a relationship. If they, desire to learn from you great there is always something to be learned from others ben is so good about always thinking through that lens of what what can i learn from this person today just being very curious about their life and um yeah asking open-ended questions ben likes to ask people what's going on in your world and it throws i watch it it throws them off they're like that's such a broad question and it's awesome (laughs) it always gets good responses you just you just did that to me a little while uh-huh. ago, yeah. And I noticed, yeah, I I, I offered up something, you know. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Where do you think you get that from? Is that is that something that just kind of that's kind of how you've always been wired, or was there somebody who kind of helped you um, develop that mindset or practice that habit? That's a great question. I think it just comes from a genuine curiosity and a lack of genuine response when I've asked, how are you doing? Right. We get the typical. I know you've talked about this on previous podcasts, but, you know, the general fine or OK. And yeah. it, it doesn't necessarily give much room. But, you know, a que- just switching up the construct of the question sometimes and what's happening in your world and being purposefully broad sometimes does get significantly different responses like the one the one that you gave me which which does open up the door to to hopefully build you know a more genuine relationship 
I mean, so this would be a great example of, mm -hmm. you know, observing somebody to have a strength or mm -hmm. a different approach than myself and seeing how effective that can be. And even yep. in this case, it's something so simple as like, I'm, I'm not aware of my blind spot and how maybe like deep down, I really do care. Mm -hmm. Right. I think that mm -hmm. actually causes a lot of problems. It's like this, I care, but I can't figure out how to convey that in the right way. But then learning from somebody, uh, whether it be an observation of just dang, I notice how Ben always gets these conversations started or he gets mm -hmm. way better answers and I'm getting like the, okay, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, and so even just the observation, being around different types of people, I think mm -hmm. is, like you said earlier, is a form of mentorship in yeah. a different way, but also then taking it to the next level and maybe reaching out if I don't have a relationship and just, hey, Ben, I've noticed that you just have a way of connecting with people and I, I, I every time I see you talking to somebody, they're they seem excited to share information and then I'm listening and learning from it. Like, you think you could spare a few moments and we could grab lunch sometime? I'd love to pick your brain on a few things. Mm -hmm. Looking forward to that. Yeah, thank, <laughs> you. thank you. See, it just happened yeah. right there. I, I would 100% say I've been mentored by Ben just by proximity, by picking up on, I've become a more curious person by getting to work with Ben's. There's definitely something to the proximity of getting to work with people like that and keeping an open mind to pay attention to the things in others that you want to emulate because they say more is caught than taught like it's never has been sit sat down and said sarah here's how you become a more curious person let me walk you through all the steps it's just through proximity observing him time and time again learning the types of questions he asks that are different from other people you just almost start to it's like osmosis you start to pick it up just by simply being around those types of people. And I've had the luxury of working with lots of people like that and getting to pick up different little pieces from each of them. But there is something really cool about simply proximity and the people you're working with and looking at them not just as a coworker or a person to produce something, but as a person to learn from every single day. You just, yeah. I feel like I just had a, a realization uh, <laughs> Which is, you know, we started off by talking about maybe setting goals or establishing your own kind of resetting your own expectations so that you can then approach other people. But it just it occurs to me now that and maybe this is obvious to everybody except for me up to this point, but it's not it doesn't just have to be I'd like to learn this or I've observed that actually there's a whole other enlightened mindset, which is every single person I can learn something from them. They've got a completely different perspective, if nothing else their background is different than mine. And chances mm -hmm. are they're probably better at a lot of things than I am. Yeah. So maybe even rewiring and, and, and on one hand, it's how can I proactively develop mentors who can make me better in some capacity, but then also at the same time, realizing that everybody around me is potentially that person. And how can I build mm -hmm. that relationship to get that value from them and, and maybe, and hopefully reciprocate. Yeah. Every once in a while, you also might learn maybe what not to do. <laughs> Maybe. Not I'm good at not teaching quite, that. Yeah, no, no, not you. But like, there's every there's a person every once in a while like, hmm, that is some behavior I would not like to copy. I didn't enjoy how I felt when I was talking to you, and it it truly is. I learned something from that person. It just might have been the the inverse. Inver we have reverse mentorship, and we can have inverse mentorship. <laughs> but yeah, it doesn't have to be this. I think that's really the point that. I'm passionate about it doesn't have to be this formalized thing one-on-one -on -one with one specific person for all of eternity 
it's so much bigger and it's your mindset around mentorship and not necessarily the definition of this person is my mentor. Um, the title isn't what's important. It's the things that you learn from whoever you're interacting with. That's really what mentorship is about. I was, I think you just answered my, my next question, but I was going to say if, if we were doing the too long, didn't listen version of this <laughs> podcast and somebody just wanted to jump to the key takeaways, how would you summarize our conversation or what's the one most important thing we could leave our audience with? Yeah, I think just setting clear expectations when it comes to your relationships with others and specifically related to this conversation, we covered several different types of development relationships. So talking about a manager relationship, you know, someone who's setting expectations, who's managing to those expectations and giving mm -hmm. specific feedback in order to complete a project. That is its own type of relationship that comes with its own specific communication. Like, hey, I'm going to mm -hmm. set expectations. I'm going to give you clear, clear feedback. That is the purpose of this, right? I'm going to lead this conversation and this relationship. Whereas coaching, it is more so helping someone else get to their own conclusions about a personal challenge or goal that they've set. So it's less for the coach to be driving it. It's more for the coachee, right? What is important to you? What, what goals or challenges are you addressing every day and how can the coach help, you know, provoke additional lines of thinking? And then there's the mentor, which, you know, that should be coming from the mentee. What is inspiring about that individual? How are you, to Sarah's point, complimenting that individual, what you've enjoyed observing from them, whether that's through a personal relationship or just through the thoughts that they're putting out into the universe through the various mediums. So um, really setting the stage for why you're inspired and what you would enjoy connecting with them on. All of those are completely different relationships and it's really important that you set the stage. Otherwise, you do run into the the potential hurdle that we, that we talked about earlier of um, you know, maybe misstepping or un misunderstanding the relationship, right? So potentially being a, a coach for someone who just wants to bounce ideas off of you. And instead you take more of a, a manager or an instructor role and you say, well, this is how you should do it. <laughs> yeah. And that, that can kind of deflate the motivation behind the conversation. Like I was really hoping that you'd, you'd help guide me, not tell me exactly what to do. So mm -hmm. um, just setting clear expectations and, and communicating their desires is really important. Any final points to add to that? I think that was awesome. I think I just reiterate it's, it starts with a mindset that's willing to think creatively about things and not get pigeonholed by certain definitions. Um, and to look for mentors in any place you can find them because they're, they're not, it's not the person you're getting coffee with at 6 a.m. every week. It, or it can be, but it doesn't just have to be that person. Yeah, and I mean, my, my, my takeaway is that there's, you know, whatever ambition we might have or whatever challenge we might be experiencing, there's, there's, a, there's a mentor for that. Mm -hmm. uh, and <laughs> on, the, on the future mentor network, yeah. you'll be able to maybe find it easier, but there's nothing stopping any of us right now other than ourselves or whatever our... Uh, limiting mindset or beliefs or fears might be. And so whether you want to uh, become, you know, a better coach, I mean, just listening to you talk about coaches actually 
challenge me to rethink all of that um, or improve my work-life balance, become a better partner or streamline operations for a company, whatever it might be. There's, I can have a mentor for all of those things or, or find mentors through other relationships I have and um, just continue to get better. Mm -hmm. So great discussion. Appreciate both of you. Um, I, I, I literally shared what I was learning as we were going through it. I learned <laughs> Honestly, a lot from same. Yeah, I was so learning a lot absolutely. as we were going too. <laughs> um, but I really do appreciate, uh, it's clear that you both have a passion for this and uh, it's been a pleasure to, to observe both of you. And um, yeah, thank you so much for your time and insights. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thanks for listening all the way to the end. I hope you got a ton of value from our panel and choose to transform their insights into action and unstoppable momentum. If you have a follow-up question or a future topic request, please email us at podcasts at embarkwithus.com. That's podcasts at embarkwithus.com so we can get to work on creating content that'll get you wherever you want to grow. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss out on wisdom to help you work smarter and level up faster. And lastly, if you're a repeat listener, consider supporting the show with a five-star rating so those algorithms can expand our reach and impact. Thank you for being you. Thank you for being here. Cheers.